0: Good morning, people of God. Today is October 13th, 2020. The time is 10.30 a.m. Today is Tuesday. And this is Apostle Shirley Evans again coming with you with prophetic songs and the scriptures from the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to us again about loving him walking away from the world's love and cleaving to Him to love again in a pure way. And that's what we've been talking about, about God's love. Yesterday we talked about anointing Him with worship. Today we're going to speak about bringing glory to him in unity. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your name this morning. I thank you for another day. I thank you for a sound mind. I thank you the, that you've given me a voice to speak in the name of Jesus. Father God, continue to purify our hearts, Lord God, that we, we, we would be like you, like you, Jesus. Help us to continue to to pour the love to others as you pour it into us in the name of Jesus. Take away every unks, every root of pride and bitterness out of us and jealousy out of us in the name of Jesus. Where we love like Jesus loved. May we see love in people like Jesus sees love. Father, I ask you to continue to direct my path on this journey. Help me to focus on you. I ask you to strengthen me. May the joy of the Lord be our strength in the name of Jesus and help us to not let anyone take away our joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We praise you and we bless you. We honor you. We adore you and we lift you up today. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the sky. My debt you paid from the skies to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, when you came to the seashore, you weren't seeking the wise or the wealthy, but only asking that I may follow. O oh Lord, in my eyes you were gazing, kindly smiling, my name you were saying, all my treasures I have left by the sand there, close to you i will find other sea lord you know what my boat carried, neither money no weapons for fighting but nets for fishing my daily labor. O oh Lord, in my eyes you were gazing, kindly smiling, my name you were saying. All my treasure I have left on the sand there close to you. I will find other seas Lord send me where you would have me to a village or heart of the city I will remember that you are with me O Lord In my eyes you were gazing, Kindly smiling, My name you were saying, All my treasured, I have left on the sand there, Close to you, I will find other seas. O Lord, In my eyes you were gazing Kindly smiling My name you were saying All my treasures I have left on the sand there Close to you I will find other seas And do not be afraid. So Lord, when you came to the sea shore, you weren't seeking for the wise or the wealthy, but only asking that I might follow. Oh Lord, in my eyes you were gazing, kindly smiling. My name you were saying. All my treasured, all the things that I treasured, I have left by the sand there. Close to you I will find other sea. Lord, you know what my boat carried. Neither money nor weapons for fighting, but nets for fishing, for fishing for souls, my daily labor. O oh Lord, in my eyes you were gazing, kindly smiling, my name you were saying, all my treasured I have left on the sand there. Close to you, I will find other seas. So when He sends you, you will move from where you are to you will go where He sends you and know that He is with you and you don't have to be afraid. You will cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words in foreign lands and always understand. You shall see the face of God and live. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words in foreign lands, and all will understand. You shall see the face of God and live. Be not afraid, I go before you always. Come follow me and I will give you rest. If you pass through raging waters in the sea, you shall not drown. If you walk amid the burning flames, you shall not be hammed. If you stand before the power of hell and death is at your side, Know that I am with you. I'm with you through it all. Be not afraid. I call before you always. Come, follow me. And I will give you rest. Blessed are your poor for the kingdom shall be theirs blessed are you that weep and mourn for one day you shall laugh and if wicked men insult and hate you all because of me blessed blessed are you be not afraid i go before you always come follow me and i will give you rest be not afraid I go before you always, come follow me, and I will give you rest. He's saying, do not be afraid, just follow him. He will give you rest. No matter where you are, he will give you rest you shall cross the barren desert some come some places you will go will be very barren but you shall not die of thirst he will provide for you you shall wander far in safety though you do not know the way because he is the way the truth and the life you shall speak your words in foreign lands and all will understand hallelujah jesus you shall see the face of god and live be not afraid I go before you always come follow me and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yesterday we spoke about anointing. No, we spoke about breaking the alabaster box. We sure did. Today we're going to speak about glory and unity. But yesterday I spoke something and I couldn't find it. I was on the page in the Bible, but I didn't see it. And I promised you that I will find it. And I was speaking about a sword will pierce your own soul. And I searched and I couldn't find it, but I was on the right page. So here it is today. You know, the scriptures say, give us this day our daily bread. So I'm going to let you know what that sword is and why people of God who really yield to God, they go through rejection. Because Jesus did. And so, the sword will pass her soul, which is Mary. The sword will pass his soul. And we as joint heirs and children of God who yielded to him, the sword will pass our soul too. I remember one time I had a vision, it's a couple years ago and in the vision, someone very close to me took a knife and pierced it straight through my heart, straight through my back in a dream. And when I came out of the dream, I I was afraid and God gave me the revelation. And this is the revelation. There would be people close to you. Or people who don't understand you. Who would reject you. And it would pain. So here's the scripture. What happened? There was a man and a woman. Luke chapter 2, verse 25, I'll read. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simon. Simon Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that was spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Pheniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So, this is the scripture that I was looking for yesterday. And I just read to you from verse 25 to verse 38. Simeon I read to you from verse 25. You see when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to be consecrated to God. They met an old man who told them what their child would become. Simeon's song is often called the Nunt Dimitis because these are the first words of its Latin translation. Simeon could die in peace now because he had seen the Messiah. The Jews were well acquainted with the Old Testament prophecies that spoke of the Messiah's blessings to their nation. They did not always give equal attention to the prophecies saying that he would bring salvation to the entire world. Not just just the Jews. Many thought that Christ had come to save only his own people. Luke made sure his Greek audience understood that Christ had come to save all who believe Gentiles as well as Jews. Joseph and Mary marveled. They were amazed for three reasons. Simeon said that Jesus was a gift from God. Simeon recognized Jesus as a Messiah. And Simeon said Jesus would be a light to the entire world. This was at least the second time that Mary had been greeted with a prophecy about her son. The first time was when Elizabeth welcomed her as the mother of the Lord. Simeon prophesied that Jesus would have a paradoxical effect on Israel. Some would fall because of him while others would rise. With Jesus there would be no neutral ground. People would either joyfully accept him or totally reject him. As Jesus' mother Mary would be grieved by the widespread rejection he would face. He sure did he is facing it even today. Although Simeon and Anna were very old, they never lost their hope that they would see the Messiah. Led by the Holy Spirit, they were among the first to bear witness to Jesus. In the Jewish culture, elders were respected, so because of Simeon's and Anna's age, their prophecies carried extra weight. Our society, however, values youthfulness over wisdom. And potential contributions by the elderly are often ignored. As Christians, we should reverse those values wherever we can. Encourage older people to share their wisdom and experience. I love older people to hear what they have to say because I learn a lot. Listen carefully when they speak. Often, they speak wisdom. Offer them your friendship and help them find ways to continue to serve God. Some people said, when you're old, I mean, you need to step down. No, you need to continue serving God. Anna was called a prophetess, indicating that she was unusually close to God. Prophets did not necessarily predict the future. Their main role was to speak for God, proclaiming his truth. And so, the scripture that I didn't find yesterday, that is what it is. That is the scripture. Yes, he was despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This morning... We're still speaking about him. We're speaking about the rejected one. That's who we're speaking about. We are speaking about the stone that the builders rejected, that's Jesus, who will become the head cornerstone. And in Isaiah 8 and 14 to 15, it says, "'And he shall be a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and many shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. These verses I just spoke describes the coming of the Messiah. Using the imagery of a stone. We spoke about a stone yesterday. The stone which the builders refuse is become the headstone of the corner. And though we could afford to try to reject him, he's still the head cornerstone. The word of God says, behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. And so, I say to you this morning, do not reject him. Do not reject him. Peter explained that Jesus Christ was the head of the corner, of the cornerstone. Peter used the rejection of the stone to show why the Jews misunderstood the Messiah and the Gentiles did not. The capstone unites the two sides of an arch and holds it together. Peter said the Jews rejected Jesus, but Christ has become the capstone of the church. Without him, there would be no church because it wouldn't be able to stand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. In the day of the Lord, God's wrath toward the wicked will burn like a furnace, but he will be like the healing warmth of the sun to those who love and obey him. So we are now going to talk about the glory. The glory of unity. As I said yesterday, we spoke about Pouring, breaking the alabaster box. Come let us pour the oil. Come let us pour the oil. Let's minister healing to them. Don't let the wounded soldier die. Glory in unity. We are the worshippers who have dared to enter into his gates. It says we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. The song says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. That's Psalm 100 verse 4. We have anointed him as our prophet, priest, and king. But we need to get to the perfection of worship. We have progressed from the pattern to the posture of worship. And now we have to go on to the perfection of worship. This perfection is manifested as we become living praise. Our life should be a praise. And as we show forth God's glory through our worship in unity with other believers, our life should be the reflection of his glory. We have to bring worship to its completion and fulfillment. It is an everyday process. We should understand that God is working on us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when we're sleeping, because he's taking us from the tabernacle of Moses to the temple of Solomon, which represents the place where his glory is manifested. Solomon's temple was twice as big as the tabernacle of Moses. Similarly, god wants us to spiritually stretch spiritually stretch ourselves and expand you know when you go to stretch sometimes you feel aches while you stretch but he wants to stretch us while He stretch us yes we'll go through persecution we'll go through rejection but know that he is perfecting us, he's stretching us. He's perfecting that which pertains to our giving him glory. He doesn't want us just to give him praise. He's working on us so that we will become praise. Then in worship, he's going to turn us into a reflection of his glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 uh, declares, Second Corinthians three and eighteen. Second Corinthians three and eighteen declares but, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When people see us coming, we won't even have to say hallelujah. They'll look at us and they'll say hallelujah. The process of the building of the temple reveals much about how we go on to perfection in worship. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 13 to 23, I'll find that. 1st Chronicles 29, verse 13 to 23 declares, Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? This is David's prayer. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come to thee and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee, a house for thine holy name, cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and as pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart, to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for the which I have made provision. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God of their fathers, and bowed down their heads, and worshipped the Lord and the king. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the morrow after that day. Even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams and a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifice in abundance for all Israel. And did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness and made Solomon the son of David king the second time and anointed him unto the Lord to be the chief governor and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father and prospered and all Israel obeyed him. Here comes Solomon begins to reign. First God wants us to see that he has established us with the same mindset that David had to praise and worship the Lord. But as much as David loved God, he was not allowed to build a temple. Why? Because he had been a man of war, a man who had shed blood. He was also a man who had trouble with the flesh. David's son, Solomon, was chosen by God to build the temple instead. Why? Because Solomon's spirit was different. You know that sometimes you walk up to someone and all you can say, I don't know what it is about, but I just don't connect. Different spirit. Why? Because Solomon's spirit was different. He had the spirit of a tender plant, an innocent one. He was not a person who sought glory. When God told Solomon he would grant whatever request he would ask for, instead of asking for riches, instead of asking for fame and fortune, instead of asking for the heads of his enemies, he asked for wisdom, the principal thing, because he knew that if he could just get God's wisdom, he could handle the holy things of God. Let us ask God for wisdom. The holy things represent the people God gives to our care. That's the holy thing. These people are holy. People are holy things. And you have to handle them with wisdom. You have to be able to handle them with tenderness. You have to handle them as God would handle them. Our perspective should be that God is the only God, that he is the only judge, and that therefore he expects us to treat each other as he would treat us. He expects us to be tender with each other. David, however, had usurped Uriah. He had taken advantage of him. He had committed adultery with his wife and then had him killed. That's terrible. David had also killed many in battle. David was not the one who was chosen to build the temple. Solomon was. Likewise today, it is those who have the humble, gentle spirit of Solomon's early days who are given the opportunity by God to move to the next level of worship. Did you hear what I say? It is those who have the humble, gentle spirit of Solomon's early days. I said early days because afterward, Solomon went in the wrong way. A Gentle spirit will be given the opportunity by God to move to the next level level of worship because no flesh can glory in God's presence. We can't go to the next level with bloody hands. We are going to have to wash our hands. We are going to have to wash our hearts. Give me a pure heart, Lord, that I may love my brother. Give me a pure heart, Lord, that I may love my sister. Give me a pure heart, Lord, that I may love no matter. Give me a pure heart, Lord, that I may love no matter. We are going to have to let God purge us and get rid of the evil motives, the vindictiveness, the malice the unforgiveness, anything that the flesh would dare to hold on to. I could imagine God saying, where I'm taking you, no flesh can glory in my presence. You're going to have to leave your carnal flesh outside the door, outside the door. Right now, I'm I'm hearing how somebody said that Um, Because of this pandemic, when you come home, you should um, take off your clothes outside the door. But you can't take off your. If you take off your clothes outside the door without coming inside, you'll be naked outside the door. They didn't explain it the right way. You are going to have to leave your carnal flesh outside the door. Now, when David realized that he could not build the temple, He did not get upset because he understood the sovereignty of God. He collected all of the materials necessary to build the temple. Even though he understood he wasn't going to build it. And he still had enough praise and glory and honor for the Lord to understand that God's way must be fulfilled. We need to have the same attitude when you realize that you're not in the place that God has called you to be, but you see that somebody else is, God will say to you, please don't get an attitude because if you're willing to lie before me in humility, I will give you a new heart. i create in you a new spirit. I'll give you a tender heart. You're proud and puffed up right now. You're always vengeful. You always have to have your way. But you don't have to stay in that condition. Just come to me and watch me turn things around for you. He will give us the spirit of Solomon, a tender heart, so that we can go on to the next level of worship. God is not satisfied with our jumping around and praising and worshiping him and then treating each other without love and tenderness as if others are not worthy of what the Lord has given to us. God wants us to give others the same grace that he has given us. You notice when I pray before we finish our lesson, I pray and ask God to pour grace and mercy upon us. He wants us to show others the same mercy that he has showed us. He wants us to extend to others the same forgiveness he has extended to us. In fact, he says, I won't even forgive you if you won't forgive your brother or sister. I want you to treat them as I have treated you. Just as an exchange of kings took place and Solomon became ruler of Israel in place of David an exchange of what rules our hearts and lives has to take place. Our flesh has to die in order for this exchange to take place so that we can move on to glory. I hear a lot of people say, child, I'm walking in the glory. They don't even have a story. They haven't humbled themselves yet. They have not gone through the process we need to have the spirit of solomon a tender heart we have to move on to perfection beloved we can't keep running around the same old track taking the same old lap going around in circles doing the same old things over and over again it's time now to move on just as david passed the mantle on to solomon God is working in our lives to bring us to the next level. He's establishing the Spirit of Solomon to each and every one of us. And that spirit understands that we are not our own. We belong to God, and everything we have comes from Him, as David said. Do you know when I was I think it was age around age of 15, on the island, I was very involved with the church. As a young girl. And I remember I always would have these dreams. I didn't know they were prophetic dreams until later on. If I dreamt that someone was going to die and they die, I used to think that I killed them. Well, of course, later on I discovered that I was a prophet. And I remember that the old woman. She was an evangelist, a great evangelist who went all over the Bahamas um, evangelizing. Her name was the late Mother Ethel Hunter. And I remember when she was dying, she asked my mother if I could come there every day to sing to her before I go to school. Of course, Saturday and Sunday there was no school. And so I would go and sing to her before I go to school. And the day... That morning that I went to sing to her, she said to me, I want you to sing mansions over the hill top. I sang that. And when I had finished, she said, now go, I know you're fearful. Say, but don't be afraid of anything. She said, God is with you. Don't be afraid. And she said to me, she said, and don't come back later because I won't be here. I will be around the throne of God singing with the angels. And she said, God bless you. She rested her hand on me and I left, not knowing that less than 20 minutes later, she would be dead. Before I reached across the yard, she was dead. I had no idea that she had released her mantle to me. Until 40 years later, God sent me to the island. And when he sent me to the island, he told me I'm there to pick up a mantle, didn't understand. Then he sent me to where she lived and the woman who took care of her, she prayed three times a day. So when, when I arrived there, um, she was on her knees praying in the same wooden house. I waited outside until she was finished and then I presented to myself and she was shocked to see me after all those years. But my thing was, the Holy Spirit said to ask her, where is Mother Ethel's bed? Well, that was strange after all those years. How would her bed still be there? She took me to the room, and her bed was still there with the mattress. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I want you to lay across the bed. I did. He said, now get up. And I got up. I said, I need to go across in the church. As I stood in that church, they still had the picture of Mother Ethel. But when I saw Mother Elle's picture, I realized I was the same height of her. And in other words, I, I almost saw myself in her. I stayed in the church for a while. And then when I came out of church, the Holy Spirit said, Now you've picked up the mantle. A mantle of the evangelizing. A day later, I came back to Nassau and was asked to preach first time ever but God has a way of putting the mantle on you and so here comes David passed on that mantle to his son Solomon we belong to God and everything we have comes from him as David said all things come from you and of your own, we have given you. Our attitude toward God is to be it's not my money, it's not my talent, it came from you. And so I willingly offer it back to you. Nobody has to twist my arm, nobody has to make me give what you have given to me. I give it with a loving heart. With that perspective, Nothing is impossible to people who believe their God, know their God, and worship their God. They shall be strong, the word of God says. They shall be strong and do exploits. That's Daniel chapter 11, verse 13. I will find out Daniel chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel chapter 11. Verse 32 says And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. There's glory in unity. In this hour, when God calls us to the temple of Solomon. We need to realize that the concept of glory is tied to unity, where there's unity, there's strength. In the book of Acts, they were in unity on one accord. This is a time for gathering believers to, together and helping them understand that we need all of them. If we are truly to move on to the next level, it's not just a matter of you doing your thing and me doing my thing. Everything that's going to happen in the temple of Solomon has an all clause attached to it. Everybody. When Solomon became king, all the people worshipped God and they bowed down before both God and the king. This is significant because they showed worship to God first they showed that God you're worthy they showed it to God first they worshipped him with the glory that was due his name and then they turned around they turned right around and honored the king but first you have to give glory to God first then they turned around and honored the king who was Solomon and let him know that they cared just as much for him As he was to care for them. It was as if they were saying. We don't minimize you at all. We don't look down on you. As a matter of fact. We are going to worship God. And bring everything that we have for the building of the temple. Then God is going to bless us. And enable us to give you whatever your heart desires. Whatever the vision God has given you calls for. After we've worshipped our God, we'll be able to build this temple. We are the temple. Take the land and do whatever you have in your mind, mighty leader. Beloved, it's going to take all of us. People of God, it's going to take all of us. You have to be a part of the all. All of us have to bow down. All of us have to give God glory. And all of us should honor our spiritual leaders. David turned the kingdom over to Solomon. He wasn't prejudiced. He turned the kingdom over to Solomon. A lot of ministers do not want to give up. They don't want to turn it over. Ah, but some of them, what they do, they turn it on uh, uh, over to, to some Ichabod's who ain't got no glory. They turned it over to people who God didn't tell them to. David turned the kingdom over to Solomon. And the plans for the temple were completed. The people had their priorities straight. They didn't worship the king as a celebrity. They didn't. They gave him the honor that was due him. And they worshiped the Lord God with the glory that was due God. The Word of God says in first chronicles chapter twenty nine six to nine and twenty one to twenty four it says the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with offers with offices over the king's work, offered willingly, they gave for the work of the house of God five thousand talents and ten thousand. Draxes of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Jersonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord On the next day, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David, his father, and prospered. And all Israel obeyed him, all the leaders and the mighty men, and also all the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. All of Israel gave willingly to the Lord for the building of the temple. They ate and drank and were merry. But the bottom line was that they obeyed the man of God. You can eat, you can drink, and you'll be merry. But you're going to miss out if you don't obey. And stop counting what you give. The word says that Israel sacrificed to the Lord. They sacrificed so much that they stopped counting. There were abundance of sacrifices. We are not to count what we gave God. We say, well, you know, I gave 20. $20 $20 or $50 and I handed someone a brick when they were constructing the building I mean you see I was pouring the water you didn't see me hand some br- someone a brick didn't you well we should stop counting because we are at the point now where we ought to give just because we have it to give and because we want God's kingdom to advance. We don't count. We're not concerned about it. We keep on giving until it gets done. We don't compare ourselves to Mary Lou and tell her, I gave $10 and you haven't even given 5 No, no, no. At the next level of worship, we're going to give and give and give. As God keeps on giving to us, We're going to keep giving it back to his work. We're going to keep on pouring it back. Because we can't outgive God no matter how we try. Don't compare yourself with anybody else. And don't count anymore. Stop counting. And God will give you so much that you won't be able to count it. There are some things MasterCard or Visa cannot buy. There are some things you can get with Visa or American Express, but what God is getting ready to give us is priceless. You can't pay for it. When you stop counting and just keep on giving whatever God tells you to give, He will bring you into the Holy of Holies and let you touch the manifested presence of who He is. When God puts true worship into you and you start experiencing Him like you never have before, Money won't mean anything to you. Difficult people won't mean anything to you. Inconvenience won't mean anything to you. Getting a parking space at the food store at the church or wherever won't mean anything to you. You'll be glad just to be in the worship service. You'll press your way past everything in order to be in his presence. as a matter of fact, you'll reach there before the church door open. And they give him all he asks for. You spend so much time worshiping him during the week that when the church doors open on Sunday and you come through the door, I don't mean when you go to your seat. But when you come through the door or even before you hit the door, when you're in the parking lot, you'll be entering his gates with thanksgiving and coming into his courts with praises. As a matter of fact, you start that praising before you leave home. By the time you get to your seat, your seat won't hold you because you'll be so much in worship because you'll be thanking him so and blessing his name. You will you will be singing in such worship. You'll be glad. You'll be just so happy to show him how much he's worth. And so we're going to stop here for today. But... There's glory in unity. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us, Lord God, to be united with one another, to be united with you so your your glory could rest upon us and others will come to know you and others will be zealous of what they see on us because they would want your glory. Father, we thank you for this day. We ask that the words that you spoke will resonate in their heart. And may we be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And let us be a reflection of you, Jesus. And Father, may your grace and your mercy overshadow us. May your peace guard our heart this day. May the love that you have infused us with flow out to others. May our light shine to others. They will come to know you, Jesus. Father, we ask you to keep us safe and protected. We thank you for the comforter. I thank you that you've given us comfort in the name of Jesus. So God bless you today. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you cared for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. God bless you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans Say, Keep giving glory to God because you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hearts and worship. As we bless your holy name, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hearts and worship as we bless your holy name. For you are great, you do miracles so great. There is no one else You, God bless you.